Man, 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 man. Letting you know right now, we are recording this podcast as we have the last six and a half episodes in a coffee shop. So if you hear the words of random white people whispering while making chai lattes and Cosmo iced teas and mocha lattes, then that is because we are at a Starbucks in my local community. And it is a good vibe here. I just like coming to, ca- I like recording in cafes just because, I don't know, after a while you get lonely recording in your home studio all the time, faced with only four walls and a big ass picture of your dead grandmama. So it kind of, kind of, it can kind of, you can see how that can kind of wear on the mentality of a nigga. Welcome to the Greatest Voice Podcast. Welcome to the People's Paradise. Shout out to every single pair of ears. Shout out to every single pair of ears that simply have terrible taste in recreational listening. And in turn to me to fulfill your needs. What's going on with you? We shall commence this podcast as we have commenced every single episode of the podcast with a quote to a bow, to a song, to a verse, to a melody that really set the mood, set the standard, set the temperament, set the tone, set the theme. For the mood that I eclate in, for the mood that I arose this morning from my couch because I have yet to purchase a bed for my apartment, and got up and said, you know what, this shall be the mood, this shall be the seed that, that, that from it grows the root and the branch of the conversation I'm going to have today. You see me try to get in my little four or five syllable word bag right there, but bro, niggas, niggas ain't fucking with me. The quote of the day today comes from a song called One Night Only, recorded and somewhat produced and written by a young man named Brent Fias. And in the song, he said, I am, and I repeat, I am, I'm flying out for the weekend. I'll be calling you when I land, because we ain't got no time to waste. And I do not give a damn. I do not give a fuck. I don't press that conta, no me importa, which in Spanish means I don't care about your boyfriend he can have you when i land next weekend might be japan now usually i do not like songs that celebrate infidelity i'm just playing usually i do love them it is something to be said about how like in modern african-american musical culture be it r&b be it neo soul be it hip-hop there is kind of a fascination with with having sexual intercourse with the spouse of another you know what i mean like i've been noticing that like Shout out to Plies. One of my most favorite songs by Plies. And one of his most classic songs is a song he had from his album called Definition of Real. And the song's called Old Lady. And the song, he's basically talking about how he would F your girl. And he said, nigga, owe me some money. He ain't got to pay me. Got something for you fuck niggas that's playing hating. Nigga claim you don't like me, but it's all gravy. Keep playing with me. I'm a fuck your old lady. Now, granted... The dude owed him some money, so it's not like this. This um, it's not like this act of, of disrespect was unwarranted. The man should not have played with his paper. Should not have played with his dinero. That that should have never occurred. You don't never play with a street nigga's money. But I don't know. Just it's inter it's interesting. Um, it's interesting to me about that man. Like how we can kind of like that's an interesting aspect of black culture. I think that's an interesting. That's an interesting aspect of the rivalry between men in our culture we like to out fuck each other we like to out fuck each other we like to prove we can get more girls than you we like to prove that we can get more prettier girls than you um i'm always been on the we i've been on a weird fence about that lately because like i pull i pull i'm like everybody i pull i take some arrows i take some wins it depends 
My bag about when it comes to women is I can't say I can't say I out fuck more girls than you. I haven't said that. I can't say I've out fuck more girls than you. I can't say I've laid bad. What I can say is I've had girls more girls call me pretty or call me gorgeous than you. I can say that. I can <laughs> My compliment my compliment bag is quite profound. My my compliment bag is quite deep. It's just that the pulling bag is what we fucking up at, you know. It is what it is. You know. I've had this conversation on the podcast many a day about like that's where kind of comes a conflict with my ego versus when I'm talking to women because, you know, I'm a pretty nigga and I'll still get rejected. But I get called cute, gorgeous, you're so fucking fine, you're so gorgeous, you're beautiful. Or one woman girl was like, you're so fucking hot, I made out with me from this club a few weeks ago. And so when a girl does reject me, it throws me off because I'm like, bro, like I'm like the, 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 uh, the, the standard, like the blueprint of a beautiful black man. Like... Why am I getting? Why am I getting the short end of the stick? Why am I getting shot down? But at the end of the day, you got to realize that women have choices, and sometimes those choices are the wrong ones. And so it is what it is. <laughs> what are we talking about today? I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna wax poetic. Fifteen minutes in about my ro- my ro- relationship mishaps. What are we talking about? Oh, by the way, gotta let everybody notice. I apologize. My mistake. I recently, at four o'clock, at four o'clock in the morning today, I purchased *Tyrant's Tomb*, Book Four, and *The Trials of Apollo* series by Rick Riordan. Shout out to Rick Riordan and near the author that contributed to my childhood. Although Rick Riordan was kind of more like at the tail end of my childhood, but like I bought it because the book was released two days ago. But and I also took the book, took a few pages out of the book, and actually made like a little quick uh, voiceover sample for my fans. Shout out to everybody on Twitter who listened to me. Um, and um, I come to find out, my nigga, that I um, I recorded the sample, promoted the sample, got back to reading the book today, got forty three pages into the book, and, t- by, by, and then I realized this was not book four. This was actually book three, of which I had read the previous year, and I felt so stupid. So I apologize to everybody out there, man. I did not, I, I did not know that I was. <laughs> I did not know apparently because what happened was when I looked up Tyrant's Tomb on Google's book on Google Play, a book popped up that was book three. But it was, I, I thought it was gonna. I, I don't know why I didn't pay attention to it and think, okay, like this is obviously the book three cover. I just was like in the zone, just going, going, going. So, you know, I apologize about that. You know, that audio book narration thing that I'm doing for you guys. Um, at a certain point, we might try to take that and turn that into something like. A little bit more significant. We might try to take that and turn it into like maybe like a podcast or something where I, I read full chapters of books and like I've been thinking about doing that honestly. Like, mm. you know, what I mean, like a little audiobook series. But niggas would have to pay me though. That's the thing. Niggas would have to pay me. I think I'm gonna do that. I think I'm gonna start like an audiobook series. And I'm gonna read chapters for certain books, and I'm gonna publicize the podcast. Uh, you know, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I don't know. But uh, yeah, it was cool, man. I um, I might have to figure out a way to get that dang book. <laughs> Shout out to Rick Riordan, though. He's been ignoring my tweets. I've been tagging him in all my tweets. You know, I. That's the hardest thing about when you do like when you're like a celebrity or a podcaster, like you be reaching out to people for the love. And, you know, because I'm at the point right now where my podcast, my videos, my content, they average thousands of views a day, average more than these authors, these writers and a lot of these poets and rappers are getting. And 
it does kind of hurt your ego a little bit when they don't respond to hit you with the cold shoulder and you're like wait a minute what you know so it is what it is just part of the game baby you know we're gonna keep moving we're gonna keep this thing developing now moving on from that shout out to mario kart mario kart was apparently mario kart tour was apparently released for play on android and dare i say apple let me pull up the article right now because i do not play mario kart i played mario kart in 64 and you know i'll leave it at that <laughs> shout out to the shout out to the um shout out to the homies in my org uh i joined the org over the weekend because <laughs> that's Oh no! Wait a minute. Oh, I didn't know that. So it's actually so for Mario Kart Tour, you have to pay a four ninety nine subscription fee, and it's on. It's it's that's interesting. Yep, it's on iOS and Android. It's like all. It's like the Mario. It's like the Mario Kart from before. It gives you the chance to race against different city backdrops such as New York, and lets them assume the role of your favorite characters: Mario, Peach, Yoshi. Uh, Toad. I don't know who that actually I kinda like Toad. I was about to diss Toad, but Toad was actually kinda raw. We thought he was adorable. Um there's still no multiplayer option. Which is kinda retarded to me. I don't know how the hell you could make the game and not even think of having like a multiplayer option where you could play with other people from other from other sets, but it is what it is. They'll probably that'll that update'll probably come pretty soon, but um Interesting. So how do I feel about this release of this video game? Um This is how I look at it. For Mario Kart, when I think of Mario Kart, when I think of Mario Kart, there is a certain amount of nostalgia that comes to that. I know they've made other installments of Mario Kart post N64 release, obviously. Um, it's, fascinating to me what, it's fascinating to me when they take these video games like Mario Kart or Grand Theft Auto San Andreas and put them on your phone because you could argue that we are at a technological point where the graphics on the phone could look even better than the graphics from when they when we played them when we were kids. Like, I feel like Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, and I haven't played it on my phone yet, but I'm pretty sure you can make it look a lot better than how it did when I was playing it on PS2 in my den, or even Mario Kart 64. I don't think it's gonna look as good as it does on the Wii or on the um, what's that one that just came out on um, the Switch? But it could look good enough, so it's interesting. It kind of makes me wonder, like. Video games are weird, man. It's not video games are weird, but the concept of like, I remember like maybe maybe like a maybe like seven eight years ago, there was a distinct performance difference between video games on your cell phone and video games on the system on an Xbox or PlayStation or Wii or Nintendo or Sega. Sega ever made a comeback, and uh, the point I guess I'm getting at is. I kind of wonder, like, are we at a point now where there's not going to be that performance difference between games on your cell phone and games on your system? Are we ever going to get to a point where they're going to charge as much for a video game to be published on, for a video game on your phone? Like, you'll pay $49, $59, $69 for a video game on Switch, on Xbox, on PlayStation. I wonder are we going to, to get to a point where a game costs that much on just a phone just because the performance more or less isn't that different. I guess I'm bringing that up to say like the $4.99 subscription for Mario Kart is probably not that. It's not as crazy as you would think because I'm mean, like, hey. I mean, hey. If the performance and the graphics are bordering the same level as it would on the Nintendo Switch, 
it is really no love lost if you're paying that much for it, you know. And what I'm saying is like cell phones, I really think we really just really just don't really talk about how convenient cell phones are. Like literally you don't like a, a cell phone literally like a cell phone literally like made so many things that we need for our day to day interactions with people useless. Like most stuff that I would have to use a, a computer for, like whether to fill out a job application, or whether to plan or plan a travel plan, like a cell phone does all that. So it's interesting. But uh, I haven't got a chance to play it yet. I'll probably play it tonight. I'll make an appointment. I'll make a date. I'll make a date. I'll buy candles and like the candles and buy roses and buy that little flowery, really glittery stuff that that you see on Lifetime. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about right now, because I have another appointment tonight. For a wonderful program there is that is to be released at 9 or 8 p.m. And that is, yes, you guessed it. You already know my sick, demented self has to watch it. American, American, Americano Horror Story. Historia Americano de Terror. Which in Spanish means exactly what I just said right now. Um, bro. I talked about this episode. I talked about last week's episode yesterday. Uh, next week's episode comes on tonight. And at the tail end of this podcast, I'm going to put a review of it. I'm going to put a review of this end of of the episode at the end of this podcast. So be looking for that later on tomorrow. Like, just listen to this podcast again and then look at the tail end of it again. And you'll see, like, uh, the the segment. Like, fast forward all the way to the end of the podcast and you'll hear the end of the, you'll hear the end of the, uh, the end of the episode review. But for right now. I have a lot of hopes for this season, man. This season really started off at, at a good start. Like, I, I'm standing by what I said. I believe that this season of American Horror Story is going to trample, trash, and destroy all of our terrible, awkward memories of these last three and a half seasons because, god damn, they've been trash. Um, and I think it's going to be good. My theory is, okay, so going off the show right now, the the little vaguely native american boy who got hit by the blonde who who the uh who they hit who the van hit who the van who they hit in the middle of the street and the little blonde haired little nigga tall muslim he was just found in the street that way little dick ass so my theory is i think so far i think the woman who's putting the camp back together i think she's working together with the with the with mr jingles I think Mr. Jingles is, I think there's more to the story of him leaving her for dead or her pretending to be dead. I think they're in cahoots with one another. I notice she kind of has like that religious gung-ho, the world is polluted, fine eyes. You guys are doing, listening and, and partaking in all things, just sending you to heaven in nature, sending you to the devil in nature. You have like listening to Van Halen fucking black guys like all that all that just kind of goes together in her little weird religious box of the shit that's wrong in the world so uh so you know and that might that religious fanaticism that might be what made mr jingles go crazy and slaughter three-fourths of the cabin uh 10 years ago so i think that they're probably in cahoots with another um maybe in their weird religious fanaticism it's kind of strange because if you think about it and I think this episode is probably going to go for more of like a cult kind of theme, like a like a shared, deranged belief amongst multiple people kind of thing. And if you notice something, this season, the last season, and the season before that, 
you've seen the theme of like that deranged cult-like mentality of groups. Like last season in the very first beginning, post the world being bombed and nuclearized in the first three episodes, like in that in that scene, when they go to that hideout where the woman who's con- who owns a hideout, she's like about purity and keeping sexes separate and not letting the not letting uh, humanity fall into pervertedism and all this other crazy weird stuff. Then, if you take a ba- take a look back to the season before that, you have it where you have that whole Donald Trump support Donald Trump cult thing, and the guy was <laughs> took Cheetos and put him in a grinder, che- grinded the Cheetos and put him over his face to make himself look more orange, and like it's it's like you have this whole Trump cult fanaticism in that one. And then the season before that, which the season before that actually I think was pretty good. I'm not going to lie. The one with Cuba getting gender where, you know, there was like a haunting at like a at a house and like a haunting at a house. But like a haunting at a house. But then after the after the haunting, they um they found it was they, they did like a reenaction of it, like a TV show. But it was but that was a dope concept. That one was good. But even there, you had a cult that lived like some distance from the main house where people were eating. I'm not, I see that the creator, the, the showrunners of American Horror Story have a fascination with just groups of untamed poor white people who do witch-like stuff. I'm noticing that right now. It is not the knocking. I mean, this is a good show. I think what American Horror Story messes up sometimes is like, I can't even say why they mess up. I just know when I watched last season, it just really was going nowhere. And shout out to Billy Porter. I love seeing Billy Porter, and um, I love seeing how Billy Porter won the won the Emmy. I forgot what his actual, the title of his Emmy was for because the show that he's on, Pose, I just don't watch it. But I liked him on um, I liked him on last season. I think he's funny. I think he's I like what I like about Billy Porter is I like one I I, I like that he's a proof about how handsome black men are when we have great jawlines. Shout out to dark skinned black men with great jawlines. We were here, but uh, outside of that. I like the fact that he's just, he's himself, he's not trying to be nobody else, and he's he's flamboyant and proud in his sexuality and his comfort of being him, and I think that's something that's lost, like, people being, I don't know, it's something about, we do live in a flamboyant age right now where everybody's seeking attention, everybody wants to be famous, hell, I want to be famous, but... It is something to be said about doing it in a way that comes out cla- comes off classy and sincere and um regal like godlike. You know, I don't say godlike, but I will say that it came to one award show a year ago with four or five niggas holding them un- up under a, under a, um, a stretcher. Like I'm like, dang, I'm like, yeah. and I was broke that summer. I'm like, nigga, I'd have held you up, shoot. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was it's it's um. It's interesting. Like I said, I love American Horror Story. I always have. Uh, I've been a fan since season one. I can just, but I can also, I can also objectively say that a lot of those seasons that they had have been very lackluster. You know, it's the same thing I'll say with Stranger Things. I'll, th- that's the thing about TV shows. You can love a TV show. You can love the concept of a TV show. And at the same time, not like certain episodes. Like with Stranger Things. I like Stranger Things. I like how Stranger Things is presented. I love the acting, but I do think it's at a point where I feel like I feel like it should have only been one season to two seasons long. 
And I'm biased because I feel like that about most shows. There are a lot of shows I've seen where I felt like they should have let this show go for one season and that's it. Like, I felt that same way about Empire. I felt like the first season of Empire was perfect. It was fine. It was directed well. It was good. It ended in a way I liked. And I think it should have stayed like that. But when it got in the second season, just how fast they got Lucius's ass out of jail. Uh, goddamn them doing battle raps. Chris Rock was it and got killed three two uh, one point five episodes in. Like it gets you, you be watching it, and I'm like, bro, like this is this is not even coming this is not even coming from like this is not even art. Like you're just like it's it's not even graceful. I think I think that's the issue with some with with most of those with not well, not with most of those shows, but I'll say what Empire is. The directing of the show comes off very heavy-handed. It comes off very heavy-handed, very sloppily put together. Like there was no plan of cohesiveness with the plot line. And you know, it's not the Nakamura. So it's uh, I don't know. TV shows I'm watching right now or looking forward to in the coming in the coming times. One is Carnival Row. I loved Carnival Row. Shout out to Orlando Blue. Shout out to Orlando Bloom. Much blessings and much kisses. Much kisses to Kara. Kara, I don't do not know how to pronounce her last name, but she has some of the beautifulest pair of dark blue eyes I've ever seen on a white woman. That show is a amazing, an amazing show. That show and Impulse on YouTube. Impulse, the second season is released in in three weeks. I am so happy. Oh, bro, like, matter of fact, this last, I'm going to tell you what, the last half of this year is a great year. This has been a, I think the last four months of this year, great year for content. Because you got Carnival Row come out. The second season of Impulse is coming out in three weeks. And on top of that, the conclusion to one of my most favorite book series from one of my most favorite authors, even though she has me blocked on Twitter, um, uh, The Queen of Nothing by Holly Black. Vax comes out in November. I'm so happy, bro. Like this is this has been a this has been a, this has been a this is overall just been like a really 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 great really really great year for content, man. Like I, you know, it has. Like I'm 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 rocking it. You know, I, I had to. It, it, it took you go. It took you going through a lot of bullshit shows. I, mean, I think I, I never. I didn't even do that. I haven't even did a list of that. Monday I'm gonna do an episode talking about that. Like. The best episode, the best TV shows that came out this year, the best seasons. I will say, off the top of my head, a great show that's kind of went under the radar for how good it was because it came out on Netflix. And Netflix does that thing where, like, see, Netflix is odd because Netflix has that thing where, like, a show will literally be popping for, like, all the fuck of, all the fuck of, like, maybe, like, like, uh, like, um, it'll be, it'll be popping for, like, maybe all of, like, like, four days trending on Twitter or Instagram everybody named mama talking about it but it's like afterwards it's kind of like a boop like it just disappears like nobody thinks about it there's this show that's based off a of zombie land called Black Summer uh, no Z Nation called Black Summer that show is good that show is good that you know my main critique with Z Nation was Z Nation kind of started getting like really just unrealistic and just really retarded and granted, I know the premise of zombies is unrealistic, but it got really unrealistic. Like I feel like they did an episode where Sonic the Hedgehog came to life. Like it was, it was just so retarded. But Black Summer is just like a Black Summer is a the way it was filmed, the way it was directed. 
it was a, the way the plot line went, the way it followed the characters. Black Summer, I'm going to say, is in my top five TV shows of this year. My top five TV shows of this year is Black Summer, Impulse on YouTube, Carnival Row, and the last two I really have to sit down and do some thinking about. I keep telling people I'm gonna go. Um, I keep telling people I'm gonna go watch. Um, what's that damn show? Um, Thirteen Reasons Why. But Thirteen Reasons Why is another example of a show that I felt like just went on too damn long. Like, my nigga, you already figured out why the girl killed herself in episode uh, eight of season one. You don't have to make two more seasons of the aftermath of her telling her traumatic story and all this and all that. Like, it's it just is stupid. I don't get it. You know, so it's what it is. Now, um, moving on to something else. This is something that kind of uh, struck a nerve with me. So, um, there's been a trend to have conversations about transsexuality on this podcast. Uh, <laughs> there's been a trend about that. And um, just because this has been a very educational, this has been a very educational year for all of us when it comes to quote unquote transsexuality. I've learned a lot about these people that I did not know. I learned a lot about the struggles that they go through, the uh, identity conflict, the, um, you know, this, the, their representation in general. So, Mate, Mate, I don't know how to pronounce it correctly, but they made most of the toys that I made my mama spend one-fourth of her paycheck as a child to supplement my childhood, Mate toy line. They have released a gender-neutral doll. Oh, let me let me go on Twitter. Let me go to actual news article so I can make sure I get it right because I don't want them all up in my line talking about some. You don't know what you're talking about. They've hold on. Let me look it up right now. Hold on. Gender neutral. Anyway, they released a gender neutral doll. I'm trying to pull it up right now. You know what? Hell no. Hold on. Go to Google Chrome. Pull it up right now. Gender neutral, because I want to look at it actually. Get that up right now. Gender neutral Barbie. Gender neutral doll. Oh, Wi Fi. Okay, so anyway. Mattel. Yes, yeah, called Mattel. Gender neutral dolls are launched by Mattel. So, they launched the form of a gender neutral doll by Mattel. Um, I really don't know how you can make something look gender neutral. I'm look, trying to pull up the doll right now. I'm trying to look up a pic, pull up a picture of the doll right now, but it's it's uh hold on real quick. Okay. Sorry I'm taking so long. Hold on, real quick. Okay, so I'm looking at the dolls now. Mattel, shout out to Mattel. Once again, one fourth of my mother's paycheck literally went to me buying, literally went to her buying toys from this company to supplement my stupid lifestyle. Um, they have a new line called Creatable World Dolls. And the doll is fully gender neutral and can be accessorized to be a boy, girl, neither, or both. 
the company released. So it's kind of this is kind of like a Mr. Potato Head, except you know it's kind of like a potato head. And the Mr. and the Mrs. is your choice. The company released six dolls with different skin tones, hair, and clothes, calling the doll line "Creative World." Mattel said that it aims to reflect and celebrate the positivity and positive impact of inclusivity. This line allows all kids to express themselves freely, which is why I resonate so strongly with them. Okay, so. Adults who identify as non-binary didn't have toys like these when they grew up. Okay, so. If you ask me how I feel about this. I grew up playing with Ninja Turt with giant anthropomorphic turtles that had detachable shells. So, I'm not really tripping about you having a gender-neutral toy. I don't really care about when you have more representation for transsexuals versus like even whether it's in the cartoons or people who are non-binary, quote unquote, sorry, not transsexual. I don't mind them having non-binary options in toy lines. I don't mind them having non-binary options on non-binary characters on TV. I think that's dope. I think that's cool and there's nothing wrong with that. Now, here's what else I want to talk about because I feel like this, how can I put this in a nice way? I had an experience. Okay, so a few, a few, a few weeks ago, I had a conversation on this podcast about how people have false acceptance about um, false acceptance of um, transsexuals and people of their sexualities. Where you see a lot of people, particularly on the left, who will say they accept something, but in reality, they just they accept it as long as that certain thing is is at distance from them. So. So, there's a TV show called Young Justice Overwatch, or Young Justice Outsiders. So Overwatch, looking at the video game, and on Young in Young Justice Overwatch, uh, in Young Justice Overwatch, there was a point in the show where there's a point in the show where I'm gonna put this in a way that makes sense. There's a character named Aqualad, and I when I said, uh, can I put this in a way that makes sense, I kind of stuttered because two beautiful women just walked into the coffee shop right now. There is a character called Aqualad, and he becomes Aquaman in the show. He's black. He's negro. Cool-ass Aquaman. He's dope as hell. Has blonde hair. He's cool. Good-looking guy. Great guy. Now, so there is a point in the show, in the, in the season of Over and Outsiders, where he has... An apparent romantic interest. It is a young woman who has the mutant gene in her, and it makes her be able to breathe underwater. So naturally, she's like, "Well, nigga, I come kick with you." I'm thinking that's gonna be his girlfriend. We come to find out the very next episode, no, he got a boyfriend. He's dating a nigga now. I am very accepting of homosexuality. I am very accepting of transsexuality. I've always said I don't care what you do. You know, love who you want to love, be who you want to be with. You know, show the love who you want to have. You know, that's you have a right as an American to have those options. Now. All that shit I've been talking for the last two twenty fourteen years got went out the window when I found that they made the first black Aquaman gay. That had me so fucking pissed off. I was like, "What? Like, what the? F- are you serious? Like, what the? F- why you gotta make him gay, bro? Come on now!" Like, I was really disappointed. And later on, I realized my bias, and I was like, "Oh man, that's messed up, bro. Like, why am I saying that, man? Like, he's just a regular character, like everybody else. Like, why am I?" Why am I hating so hard on that? Like, where's my bias? If I look at gay people the same as I look at straight people, then why do I have such a, um, why do I have such a, um, a not say a reluctance, but a little bit of a, 
I'm gonna say, why do I have such a disliking that you have a gay man, a gay black man as Aquaman? And I think part of that is because as I was raised, I was raised to look, you know, I come from a very religious family, as most Negroes do. And I was raised to believe that reality is that being gay is a negative thing or being gay is wrong. And I don't think that's wrong, but I do feel like a lot of that bias that I have towards to my lot of a lot of my bias in that instinctive moment is just that la that last little bit of like that last little bit of like um that last little bit of um prejudice that comes from my rearing. And it was an interesting moment, man. Like I've been thinking now it kind of goes to what I've been saying. With these gender neutral dolls that you have by Mattel, these creatable world dolls, I don't have an issue with them. I think there's nothing wrong with them. But it is something to be said about how if my kid brought one of those dolls home, would I be as accepting as I am putting on a front to be right now? And I would hope I would. I mean, I, I've already said in this podcast a dozen times, like, when it comes to if my son walked in the house and said that he feels, my son walked in the house and said he, he was attracted to boys, I believe him and I'd accept him and I wouldn't have an issue with that. Now, transsexuality is a little bit different because I feel like that's more. I don't understand. I really don't understand. I wait until he was about 18, 19 before I'm like, okay, you can take hormone changers and et cetera, et cetera, and stuff like that. But if he said he was gay, I wouldn't trip. I mean, just I would tell him just like, just be a man, like be a man, be a boy, be you, be, be who you are. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I don't know. Like I'm. It's good that you have these options for kids that you have all options of self-expression for kids. I do like that. That is that is that is good for kids. That is a good thing. You know, I, I, I approve I approve of that. Um I I approve I I approve of that. But I approve of that. But oh that girl so hot. I approve of that, but um, um, it's interesting, man. It's an interesting concept. Had a little brain fart. Had a little memories thinking about this girl from college. Shout out to Leah. Um, I want you guys to let me know in the comments. What do you feel about that? What do you feel about these gender neutral dolls? Like, do you feel do you feel a certain type of way about that? Do you feel like it's cool? Like, let me know. I'm curious to know. What my people, what me, I, what my audience feels about that. Um, now, uh, see, should we talk about the Trump transcript thing? I'm honestly trying to keep this podcast as non-political as possible because I just really am just so tired. So, um, for those who don't know, a transcript, an audio, a transcript of a call between the president of Ukraine and the president of the United States, Sir Donald Trump, was released and it showed that he was trying to make some type of, he was asking of the Ukrainian president to investigate Joe Biden for possible uh, laundering and money fraud. I forgot what the actual accusation was. I'm kind of confused because I don't know why you would call an outside source, an outside president to do that. Um, maybe he couldn't get his. He, maybe he didn't want to get his legal team on record to do. Maybe he didn't want to get his investigation team on record to do that. Also, this transcript that came out is not a word-for-word -word transcript, so it's kind of hard to kind of really see 
if that's a valid if it's a valid um it's kind of hard to say if it's a valid source of information and i don't think they're lying um then also i read online that they cannot actually they cannot actually say that if it's something that's um grounds for impeachment because if it isn't that doesn't violate the cause of him trying to like pay them to do pay him pay the president to do that um how do i feel about it personally i feel like it's retarded and stupid as fuck that this nigga is really because ukraine is basically baby russia all them countries around russia are basically almost russia's or former russia's i don't like that this nigga is having outside conversations about in in closet issues with other countries and other like do you know here's the thing about that even if that's not grounds for impeachment, my people who are on the right, my people who are on the left, we can all agree as a whole that that's retarded to do. The president of Ukraine is probably calling up the president of Russia. Uh, what's his name? Calling up with that boy Russia right now. Like, can you? Believe, I do terrible Russian. You know, Trump called me the other day and asked me to investigate Joe Biden's old ass. And truth be told, I think the reason why he investigated Joe Biden is because he probably, he probably looks at Joe Biden as one of the only candidates who has a chance of beating him if he's nominated for Democratic nomination. Um, I do think Joe Biden kind of does walk that line of somebody who, you know, out of all the Democratic nominees that you have, I think that Joe Biden is the one who might get the approval of Republican nominees because I think there's something, I don't want to say traditional about him, but something that kind of like, you know, plays to their values a little bit. Um, and they're more familiar with him. Bernie Sanders is so far radical to them. And next year, I'm, I'm this year, like I already told you guys, I'm voting for Pete Buttigieg. Um, I read an article that Stephen Crowder put online that said like one of the abortionist doctors he just, he that he I got I got to do some more research before I even talk about that. Let me stop because I don't want to put that out there in the air. Hey, I ain't gonna lie, I'm looking at the baristas. Hey, some of these baristas is kind of hard. Barista, baristas is kind of hot. But anyway, I think that's pretty much it, man. Um, Thank you for listening to this episode of the podcast. Thank you for being a part of the family. Thank you for being a part of the mob. Um, we are going to... Um, what was I going to say? We are going to... Um, that's what I'm looking for. At the end of this podcast, remember, I'm going to put the end episode review of American Horror Story, the newest episode, at the end of this podcast. So be looking for that. Be looking for that. Now, with that being said, much love, peace, and chicken grease. Thank you for being a part of the family. Thank you for being a part of the mob. And we shall have this conversation in tiempo más futuro. So I watched the second episode of American Horror Story season 1985. It was very confusing. Um, the first episode of this season was way better. It was so many elements to this episode. I'm confused. So the little Native American boy. So now he's a ghost. And he's been there for 15 years, but apparently he's corporeal to some extent because he's been snatched up and killed and hit by cards and stabbed in the neck and had his intestines pulled out like a drawer. So, you know, that's confusing. Um, I can tell. I take back everything I said about this season. I thought after watching the first episode, this was going to be a standout season. But I can tell this is just going to be one of those seasons where we don't know what the F is happening. We are not going to know. It's not even worth trying to even guess what the hell the plot line is because just nothing is making any sense at all. So I am. Um, yeah. Um, 
But outside of that, you know, I had a, you know, school watching. I, I mean, it's cool. I mean, I'm, I'm gonna keep watching it and stick with it. You know, I love the, I love the franchise of American Horror Story. So, because of the love for it, I'm obviously gonna stick with it. But for the most part, bro, I'm like, I'm confused as I don't know what's going on. Um, it is what it is, you know. So I just received the news that NCAA athletes are going to be able to hire agents and get paid for endorsements. Uh, my personal, personal opinion about that is I'm okay with that. I just don't want it to be where it's necessary for the athletes to hire agents because I feel like that's just another way how the agents are going to be able to pimp these college athletes. Now, granted, they was already going to be being pimped any goddamn way, but I'd rather to be where they're at least getting an 85% of their funds or what they're making from their endorsements because as LeBron James just said in the interview that he was in, a lot of these kids, you know, they come from backgrounds where their hopes for making it to the league is all they got. They eating ramen noodles and, and, uh, and fucking cheese it sandwiches um, and they do them. So, you know, that's just my personal opinion about it. And I'm sorry I had to put this at the end of the podcast, but I just, I'm not in my microphone right now. You already know my shit got stolen, but much love and peace and chicory. Thank you for listening.